Hello and welcome to another tidbit of what am I doing? Today I actually have my good friend Ben here. Um, do you want to take a few seconds just kind of introduce yourself and like who you are, what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Ben and I, uh, I am first generation Mexican-American Christian uh, college bachelor holder. Um, I currently work at LCDA. So the reason that we have gathered here today, the two of us, a big gathering, I'm sure, uh, we want to talk a little bit about music. And I know that both Ben and I are big into music. Uh, we both play, uh, we both play guitar, we sing, um, we've been involved with worship in the past and even like fun little projects that aren't worship. But we want to kind of talk about music in the last year, I feel like specifically in the last year, music has been a very powerful, um, a powerful way to deal with the year. But also, I feel like it was one of the industries that got hit the hardest until they started getting really creative with it. So my question to you to start this all off, uh, what was some music that really, that really like helped you through this year? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, uh right when the pandemic happened um there was a citizens released um the phone demos ep uh and that was that was super good um i really liked the format of it i loved i loved how raw it was um it was literally recordings off of a record on an iphone you know it was acoustic um just super stripped down just super raw uh, and it and it just really kind of helped me through the pandemic. Um, yeah, it just had a lot of really cool themes of hope and um, but with pain. Uh, and so that was a really uh, big album that helped me out um, for sure. Yeah, man. I I have to say I agree. The phone demos album was it was just different. I didn't expect it. Like, I didn't know it was happening. I think you were the one who actually told me, like, what, maybe even days before it came out. Because you were like, I didn't even know this was happening either. So, I remember that just being like, especially for the beginning of quarantine and everything like that. The beginning of what we would all come to know as 2020, really. Like, it was, it was a very powerful album for me. Because it was worship- even more than usual when you put out an album. It was just straightforward, raw, recorded on an iPhone. Yeah. And that, that just kind of blew me away. Yeah. I know... I, so they actually released that same album, like, officially, later in the year, called The Joy of Being. All right. Um, I have a weird question for you. <laughs> so the phone demos came out early on when, when you guys actually kind of were, like, dealing with pregnancy and stuff. Yeah. And also with everything going on, pandemic, quarantine, pregnancy, moving into a new house, dealing with new house stuff. How would you say the difference between, like, did that feel kind of like a transition whenever it went from phone demos to your daughter being born and also the joy of being com coming out kind of around the same time? Uh, yeah, it kind of did mark, I guess, the time uh, in, a, in a very tangible way way uh, 2020 was a really weird time space <laughs> um and so to have the raw version you know first 
and then later a more polished version like that kind of made sense chronologically yeah but it you know it was i personally like the the fundamos more uh but it i'm, I'm a really big nerd as you you kind of put in the intro i'm a big music nerd <laughs> <laughs> and so like i will listen to all the different versions of a song i'll listen to the acoustic version i'll listen to the to the studio version i'll listen to the live version i'll listen to the to the remix and then just kind of pick different favorite things i have from them um yeah, I think I think that's funny because like what you just said really tracks with how I've known you, because I mean when John Mark McMillan, he had the Mercury and Lightning album, and then he had the Mercury <laughs> sessions, the Lightning sessions, and he even did that. Um, it was like a live version of one of his albums. I remember you and I have always like kind of talked about that, like the difference and like the complete reworking of different albums and these like acoustic or even kind of live settings like it's uh, yeah i feel like both of us are pretty nerdy about that kind of stuff <laughs> dude uh i actually just listened to uh john mark's um stable live session yes for the first time just days ago um uh, i know it's been out for like a couple months i think yeah um but i finally listened to that and it was pretty cool like he, he does not disappoint yeah i <laughs> I, I followed him a lot, like, on his social medias as he was, like, leading up to that release of that stable live, and it's really cool to see how it played out. It's not what I expected at all uh, from how he kind of led up to it, but it is, it is, I, it's a solid listen for me. I really like it. Yeah. No, yeah, it was super cool. I'm glad I finally got into it. With uh, this new year, there have also been, so both of us really like, uh, like, John Foreman, Switchfoot, and then like uh, Judah and the Lion, and recently uh, Judah, that's he he released uh, an album solo, kind of like John Foreman has done. Yeah, um, they both released albums. What one at the first of February, one in the middle. I think I think Judas like came out at the apart, beginning. I think. Yeah, yeah, they were pretty close to each other. Um, with with Judah's album, this is the first. This is the first one he's done by himself, right? Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I'm not like misspeaking. I know that last year, um, he didn't really talk much about doing something solo, but I do know like they had a lot of um, online shows, Mm. which they they even put one together. It was like a music festival. I don't know if you got to listen to this, but it was like an online two-day thing where like bands like Colony House, even Switchfoot made a jump on there. Uh, but Judah and the Lions, several uh, Tyson Motzenbacher even showed up. They had several bands just set up different times where they could could play online. And I I thought that was just man, if we were like ten years ago, none of that could have <laughs> happened. Like it's just impossible. Right. I don't understand how they just thought of the innovation to like. <laughs> well, if we can't play, we might as well. I mean, it's fun. I've played music on like Facebook Live and stuff like that, but to actually hold concerts the way that specifically Switchfoot plays, people like King's Kaleidoscope, like right. all these bands are doing, it's it's so different and so freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's kind of I mean, just kind of born out of necessity, um, right? Like, uh, there's there's some quote that I'm gonna roughly butcher, but like create creativity comes out of necessity or something like that um but but definitely like because i think i think beforehand live shows i mean that was that was the experience right that was the pinnacle that was everything that 
the band was working for was that yeah. live moment. If you, when you take that away, it had it had to become something else. Because I think, I think it, if you had if you had those two options and said which one would you choose, everybody who likes music would choose the live the yeah. live experience versus a recorded you know stream or whatever. But that's like the next best thing now. And so we're like, yes, give it to me. Like I want that. Like and yeah. Then, and then if you work it creatively and have like behind the whatever behind the scenes or like a Q and A in the chat, like there's 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 really cool. Um, like you said, like technolo- technological innovations that are happening, mm-hmm. and that weren't happening, and we weren't engaging with bands the way we have to now during this pandemic. Um, it's been cool. Yeah, dude. I remember Switchfoot. This was like. A special one for me because it was like right next to my birthday they did uh which album I, it wasn't the beautiful letdown there is they just did that breathe. one recently. learning to breathe thank you they just did uh the beautiful letdown recently uh, but awesome. learning to breathe has some of my favorite songs on it and they did a live of that and one of the funniest things i thought it was so cool people on the internet i'd never met there was a chat with that concert and we were all like just kind of <laughs> joking but also like going like man i remember this like when it came out like this really helped me through a hard time in high school or like some person commented like this actually saved my marriage us listening to this song and realizing how we can <laughs> like share this together and then like everybody was like encouraging each other in that chat I'm like <laughs> it's amazing because at a concert you wouldn't really get those conversations right there's i i definitely would pick a concert over a live mm. like stream any day but you wouldn't get those same conversations. And it's it just worked out beautifully in that way where even though it was just like a quick chat stream that was just going and going and going, people actually connected on there because that Switchfoot took the time to completely relearn a really old album <laughs> but play it to like like they'd never even left it. Nice. I thought that was really cool. And man, I think just people have stepped into music in a completely different way. We I mean, if you listen to, like, Judah's album 7, I think it takes that... It has a really cool style because mm-hmm. there's definitely the solo aspect of it. But if you look at, like, the last album that Judah and the Lion put out, Pep Talks, mm-hmm. it carries a lot of that, like, energy. Um, kind of like the the remix style, like, just different instruments coming in. But um, it's it seems like it's Pep Talks in a more contemplative way. Okay. It almost feels, um, it almost feels almost like a story. Yeah. If you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah, the vibe I got from that, from seven was kind of like, uh, it, I thought it was Judah and the lion at first, like, but I didn't really pay attention to how they were marketing it. And then it came out and it, you know, it, sounded similar but it did sound different like you said um and the more i kind of listened to that um to seven over again it's like really good worship meets singer songwriter um with the you know some judah and the lion flair Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think that's just i think that's just how he is he has i mean that's his style like you listen to their first album and everything i think he has that different like I, he has like that remix of like 
here's a mandolin, but also hip hop <laughs> feel. And like, they make fun of it in one of their songs. But I, I mean, that you seriously don't really hear their kind of style. And I think that's just him. And he brings some of that into, into seven. I think you hit it perfectly. It's that it's, it's a worship and singer songwriter feel. Mm-hmm. Cause if you look at some of his song, well, honestly, fullness of God, that song is just beautiful. Yeah. And it has, maybe I'm wrong about this, but from what I've seen in a lot of our like church culture, like different churches, like inviting it into their worship sets, mm-hmm. people are bringing it and learning it and actually introducing it to their churches. Awesome. I know that ours have, well, ours yeah. is wanting to, I don't, I don't know about yours, but I think it's a really cool thing. Cause Oh man, like we, uh, there's different songs that speak of the fullness of God, mm-hmm. but this song is completely different. And I feel like it takes a deep dive into a lot of the, a lot of the personal spiritual aspects of mm-hmm. like realizing the fullness of God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, um, that prayer, I, th- I believe it's Ephesians three. Um, but that prayer has always been a really personal favorite of mine mm-hmm. and he just basically took it and and put it in a song and so i was like yes yeah <laughs> i i am always so impressed when people can turn scripture like it uh it wasn't citizens but their other their side band um i may... uh zach Bo- like zach bolton solo stuff, no or? i cannot think of it they did psalm 42 oh um wait i think you're talking about the sing team are you talking about the sing team team. (laughs) yes so the sing team actually did psalm 42 and turned that into a song that still destroys me to this day like (laughs) i still have a hard time listening to it without just (laughs) but i i'm always so impressed like even john foreman has done it and like Mm -hmm. they take scripture and like the psalms specifically are easier i guess because like they're almost i mean they were sung they were sung by the people of israel right even then, like taking scripture out of the Bible and making it a modern thing where we can listen to it and sing to it and cry to it <laughs> is is honestly one of the most impressive feats of a singer songwriter that I can even think yeah. of. Oh yeah, no, definitely because I mean, you know, you got to take an ancient text that's been translated, you know, into, into English, and then work it into like modern English. <laughs> I mean, there's some translations that do that, right? But mm-hmm. like, but, but to have it to where it works out, you know, with, with the time signature and, and you know certain lines and you know it, it's got a cadence to it. Yeah. There's a there's an art form to that, um, and I think um, you, you're nailing it on the head. I think uh, Seven really does that really well. There's there's a lot of scripture references, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. you wouldn't inherently know that it's referencing a scripture because it's not wordy or like heavy and clunky or anything yeah they it's it's reworded where it still gets the point across but it's not like that that ancient like (laughs) sentence structure where you're like okay this is old english text or something like that i i think it's really cool too that he's very vulnerable in this album um he like we could use the word uh, like raw and open and vulnerable because mm-hmm. if you even just look, well, the whole album, he has a lot, but the, the first two songs, Just Because and Don't Know If I Believe It, Just Because is a song that really just dragged me into the album because mm-hmm. 
a lot of people try to put these things like God loves you mm. into almost like a theological or just a doctrinal statement. Right. And he kind of blows all that up. <laughs> and he's literally just, hey, he loves you because he loves you because he loves you <laughs> just because he does. <laughs> and I think I think we've talked about it, but even in like the the last verse, he switches it up and it gets really personal. He's like, he's he's your best friend. Yeah. And I think I didn't expect that. I honestly i I thought this album was going to be more artistic and like it. It doesn't take away from the artistic part of it, but for someone to just be completely stripped bare and just say God loves me because He loves me, and mm-hmm. that's a hard thought to get across. But it's just that repetition does it beautifully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I like how you said it, you know, he really did kind of explode it down to, to the, the bare bones, because mm-hmm. uh, it, because it does remind me of, yeah, like, reasoning with children kind of thing, uh, it, you know, the kids will ask, why, why this, and they'll just keep <laughs> on asking why, and there's that end point, usually that adultery to frustration, they're like, because I said so, like, yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of, I feel like, you know, it's kind of what he's referencing some way here. Like, it's just, it just is. Like, just because he does, like, that, that's that's the reason. Because that's what he does. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, dude, it is, that was such a good metaphor, too. Like, because a, a parent getting asked why and why and why. <laughs> I can also, agree, I can understand that. Because people are, like... Well, why does he do that though? But like, what is like, what? Why are these reasons? Why would he would have no reason? I'm a bad person. Blah blah. blah. But in the end, it's like that's who God is. He <laughs> loves you because he loves you because he is love. Yeah. <laughs> he is love incarnate. He is love of the utmost uh, category. Like nothing can ever trump that level that he is he is love because he is love yeah it's like whoa and i think <laughs> i think parents have that like some I, I think sometimes they give that crap excuse of because i said so <laughs> but i think when we do get asked repetitively or when we aren't getting the point across i think we have to just even if it's on accident we get to that bare bones of <laughs> because this this is why and sometimes we don't even realize it until we get to that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, that's okay. That's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. And we we were talking about like scripture a minute ago. I love the rhythm of just because and then going into don't know if I believe it. <laughs> it really reminds me of David in the Psalms. Yeah. Um, the second song, don't know if I believe it. He, he is talking about this this love of god and he's saying i don't know if i can believe it i don't know if i can receive it and i don't know why but i'm falling even more in love with you Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's such a huge thing like he's going into this thing like god loves me because he loves me and like that's awesome he's my best friend but also (laughs) i don't know if i can actually believe this when i start thinking about it i don't know if i have the ability to receive this because i don't believe this stuff about myself but for some reason you keep 
dragging me more into this love relationship with you. <laughs> it's just, man, I feel that that if if it's a tension of sorts. <laughs> yeah, it's that's the Psalms. Like every other Psalm, it's like David is like, oh, thank you, bless you. Like you have given my life purpose. You're beautiful, and you give me strength. And then the next, like you're so far off, and all my enemies are upon me, but still I love you. And man it's complicated but it's it's awesome yeah no it's all i mean that's just if we're true and being honest that's just a real life experience right we're gonna there's highs and there's lows um Mm -hmm. and so it's very refreshing that he 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 puts those back to back and he's like you know you can view one as celebratory or it's more the high so to speak moment in life and then there's those doubts, you know, when you're in the lower, the low parts of life. And he's like, oh, I don't know if I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just being honest. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I'm really happy with this trend in songwriting recently. With secular music, Christian music, whatever. But like, there's a vulnerability behind it. And it's just admitting that like, things suck a lot of times. <laughs> or instead of just... I've noticed with some bands, like, you know, like, everything's awful and it's just the utmost <laughs> worst thing. But there's there's another, there's an artist I listen to called Phoebe Bridgers. Uh-huh. She she does write kind of uh, really morbid and kind of sad <laughs> stuff. But even in that, it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. It's just vulnerable and real. And I really enjoy, like, Judah and, heck, John Foreman because... They do, they do speak into like, I don't know how to believe that this is for my good and that you are still loving me because life sucks really hard right now, <laughs> but I'm going to choose to believe you because you are God and you are the utmost of love of good and you are just, and you do love me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know, that that's, that's huge that. That, that point that you know god can take it he's not going to crumble um you know and and john foreman's featured on that song with judah but even on john foreman's own uh album uh departures he he has that song uh jesus i have my doubts yeah jesus i have my doubts is a very powerful powerful song i the first time i actually ever heard it i had a complete meltdown because <laughs> i was like <laughs> in a really hard season i man this year has been really hard like just 2021 we're only three months (laughs) into it and i i was in like the throes of like depression and like really struggling to even deal with normal life Mm -hmm. and that song kicked in and i was like yeah this (laughs) this is it this is exactly how i feel man this hits really hard and so I, I do think it's really cool because, like we've been saying with Judah, John Foreman... John Foreman has had several albums, like oh, yeah. so eight good. EPs oh, by himself. And then he has like 10 to 12 albums with Switchfoot over the years <laughs> since the late 90s. He's a machine. But he... I, I feel... I've always felt personally connected to his EPs, especially, but also Switchfoot's albums. Yeah. I feel more honestly spiritually connected to this to this album departures 
than honestly any other music he's put out because I think it's just so open. And it's also very different, too. Mm -hmm. But in Jesus, I Have My Doubts, um, he has this really cool, like, uh, bridge and breakdown at the end Mm -hmm. where it just slows down. And this is the part that I really connected to Mm -hmm. is, like, hey, are you near? Can you hear me? Are you near me? Because Jesus, I have my doubts. And he just goes into this stretch of just kind of, like, he repeats it, like, twice, but he goes, like, are you here? Are you near me? Yeah. And man, that, that breakdown felt like an eternity, <laughs> but it was like a good, like sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that part that he, uh, he starts kind of building and, and going up, um, melodically is, it's really, it's be- kind of beautifully haunting composition wise. Mm. Um, cause there's like, there's a decent amount of reverb on his voice and it's in like the, the instruments kind of stripped down and, and he says it and he says it again. And it's like, man, like that's it. You just feel it. Like you can resonate. Like this is a guy who is legit calling out and really wanting to know the answer. Um, like his life depends on it. Cause it does like, yeah. <laughs> and I think, Good Lord, you just worded that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times when we actually find ourselves completely stripped bare, and especially in songwriting, being able to convey that I'm saying this because my actual life depends on this, mm-hmm. and it's very possible yours might too, <laughs> so how about we cry out together? Yeah. And I think that's something John Foreman, more than, honestly, more than any other artist, I've ever known worship artist, Hillsong, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he specifically pinpoints that I don't know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. I've been in the dark. I'm struggling. I'm broken. But you are too, probably. And there's mm-hmm. stuff that you don't know how to deal with. So let's sing this together. Yeah. And it, I just, I, that's like a specialty he has. It just, <laughs> it breaks me down every time. Um, and like we were talking about earlier with the Psalms, how Judah did that with um, just because, and I don't know if I believe it. It's so crazy to me that on this same album, he has Jesus, I have my doubts, mm-hmm. John Foreman does. And then he goes right into a song called Thanks Be to God. <laughs> which if you go stylistically, like in the theme of this new album, he has a lot of new style. He has oh, yeah. a lot of things he's never done. Yeah. But then he has these like, these old traditional like things he's done in his EPs, mm-hmm. the just simple feeling. Thanks be to God goes back to that. While uh, Jesus had my doubts, kind of goes more string heavy. It, um, it ha- I feel mm-hmm. like it it guides you in a different direction than some of his albums have in the past. Yeah. And then you have thanks be to God, which is just very simple. <laughs> it doesn't do anything fancy. But the choruses are all, thanks be to God who delivers me. Thanks be to God who delivers me. Thanks be to God. Uh, thanks be to God who, who sets set me, me free. free. Thanks be to God who delivers me. And, oh no, Christ, Christ alone who delivers me is that third That's part. It. And it's very, it, it, it feels like an old hymn. Yeah. <laughs> but I think kind of sticking with it, way more vulnerable way more like painful Mm -hmm. because he just got saying like i have my doubts but 
thanks be to God who delivers me. Yeah. And being able, it's almost like he's singing them hanging on to the words because they're all he has left. Yeah. And sometimes that's what it is. Like, I know I find myself like, I got hung up on a phrase um, over the last week, the only way is through. <laughs> and like kind of repeating it to myself it's it was like a phrase i was actually hanging on mm. like god had given me that it's like here hold this because some for some reason right now you need these words to be able to like hold a float mm-hmm. and i feel like that song is i'm saying thanks be to god because if i don't i don't know where my mind is going to be yeah no that's that that's there's a whole lot in there a whole <laughs> lot of good stuff you said um but i think there there is something to like you said the the repetition of it um you know like efficiency wise it doesn't make sense to repeat something and creative wise you could view it as lazy and so there must be some other reason for it and i think it is kind of what you're saying that that kind of reassurance that that personal mantra um you know thanks be to god you know, just thanks be to God, you know, mm-hmm. especially putting it after Jesus, I have my doubts. Um, you know, another music nerd thing. I think it's great to listen to stuff the way the album is, is, is track listed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason for that. And so to have kind of that contrast when it goes from Jesus, I have my doubts to, you know, thanks be to God. It really makes you think about that relationship that it has um kind of similar to, to how judah had you know i don't know if i believe it and um i, I can't remember was that the fullness of god i think or was there or, or just because before that yeah um so you just kind of have to think about it like why like how do these make sense together yeah and i think you know not not every album or not even every artist has to like do that with their song list but mm-hmm. i think I think it's really cool when people do that. And you can tell both of these artists, Judah and John Foreman, right. I think they really did put a thought into the the way the list played out. And like you said, just because, and then I don't know if I believe it, and then right after Fullness of God, <laughs> I think sandwiching that yeah. was important to him. Mm-hmm. And then with John Foreman, he has... A couple of songs that have like a little bit of pain behind them, mm-hmm. but they're almost sandwiched between these other songs that are encouragement. Um, on another another two songs on this album are "The Weight of the World," mm-hmm. and then "Love Is the Rebel Song." And "Love Is the Rebel Song," one of my favorite things about John Foreman, <laughs> they're writing since day one. They have "Love Is a Movement." <laughs> um, they always say that love is like. Um, love is a fight like love is like the rebellion against all the hate in this world right and i think every single album that switchfoot personally has pulled out or put out they have a song like that where it's like love is the fight and love is the way all everything like everybody's trying to sell you hate but guess what love Mm -hmm. is the fight and in this one even says love is the rebel song yeah and it's just i i don't know why but that was it almost felt like an easter egg (laughs) um of past albums but it's i think he really does believe that and i think that is one of his like fighting purposes Mm -hmm. like hey god actually doesn't incite like violence against each other god doesn't want us waging wars and 
waging all these petty little things that we have against each other that cause uh, disunification. Mm-hmm. He actually wants us to be together, and love is that movement. Yeah. How do we serve the world? How do we show that we actually are different? Love is the final fight. Yeah. No, you you just threaded together a whole bunch of uh, what I don't know products. John Foreman product <laughs> on love, and that, and he's he's super good at that. Like you said, there's so many, um, you know, his personal stuff. Uh, I didn't know this for a while, but there was um, technically like a trilogy of, of love um, he did on the the seasons EPs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm blanking on it, but he did that. You know, with with Switchfoot, you can see it a lot, um, and it, and it's. You know, it's it's he he uh, he describes it kind of in a in a countercultural way. Like it's not, it's always from that rebel, like you said, rebellion kind of anarchist countercultural kind of standpoint. Because yeah. because it is like like genuine love is isn't so soft and squishy and doormat spineless that we kind of want to. I, I don't know, society kind of want, wants to put it in, but it's yeah. it's truly a rebel song, you know, it, it's a fight, it's an anthem, and he he describes that so well throughout his discography. Um, you make me want to make a playlist that has John Foreman. You could probably make Switch, a good but, playlist like, of like, it. There'd be like at least 10 songs, for <laughs> sure. Like, um, be, I, yeah, I'll probably end up doing that sometime. Yep, I, now, now I'm like, I wonder what they are. Yep. <laughs> so yeah was there um anything on these two albums that really just kind of stuck out to you like anything i know we've talked about a lot that have like been on our mind and like really cool things but i i don't know if there's anything we haven't like talked about previously or anything was there something that just really stuck out to you that was different or just really personal um off of a John Foreman's Departures, I really liked the intro to the album. Mm. It was this kind of crazy sonic landscape that feels like you're about to watch a movie. Yep. <laughs> um, so that was really a treat to hear um, from John Foreman. It was different than, than anything he's done before. It's The, the whole song is a build-up. Yeah. And it's... It's like the edge of your seat kind of tension because it starts off slow and it starts off soft and mm-hmm. then instruments start kicking in and he's it's called the ocean beyond the sea <laughs> and it really feels like there's something looming. Yeah. Like the whole song has this this atmosphere of behind this like wall of fog maybe. I don't <laughs> know. I'm going with sea terms now. But. <laughs> Behind this wall of fog is something you can't fathom. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I remember listening to that and just like, honestly, like just kind of like sitting up and like even kind of leaning in more the first <laughs> time I listened to it. Just mm-hmm. like, this is, this is a build and I love it. Right, right. It was, yeah, it was so epic. Um, I'm, I, I personally, I enjoy Lauren Daigle, like mm. her voice and just kind of her perspective on on music and what she does with it and so it was really cool to to, have, to 
to hear that feature um, on a place called Earth. Her voice um, in that was perfect too. Yeah. I, I did. I never imagined John Foreman and Lauren Daigle like coming together. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I, their voices match each other really well. Yeah, I just thought that was a good sound. Yeah, no, I um, there was a Instagram live they did together, and 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 John was talking about how he was a little worried that he was like, uh, I don't know how to mesh my voice with. Lauren Daigle's because she has such an amazing voice. <laughs> um, he he even said his voice was uh, I forgot how he, what he called her voice, but he was like, my voice is like a minivan. Like <laughs> he, he said, he said, he said, he's like, it gets there, but it's not stylist, it's not flashy, it's not fancy. It does what it needs it to do. It needs, oh man, said. I was, it was like, man, he's being so like so humble. Oh <laughs> yeah, I I know so many people who would fight him for that. Like no. That's yeah. so funny. But it is two different styles. Like, mm-hmm. he has that kind of... He kind of has that more rough, like... I wouldn't Definitely. say, like, grungy voice, <laughs> but he has a more rough voice. Like, he... Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it's a different style. Hers is, I feel like, more choral. Like, okay. more more professional sounding. Like, if you were to look into the professional choral world... Yeah, yeah. I think it's like that, but they... Oh, man, they just sound so good together. Yeah, those harmonies are really cool. This is just one of my little favorite tidbits from Departures uh, in Red and Gold. Mm-hmm. There is this little solo. <laughs> it's at the end. It's nothing like big. It's not like a shredding solo. It's just <laughs> while after like one of the choruses, it's just a little guitar riff. And I don't know. I think the song could totally do without it. Mm-hmm. Like, it it doesn't it doesn't make the song because mm-hmm. you know how like some like especially like in the eighties and stuff <laughs> like that like a, a a solo is what made the song. Yeah. This is nothing like that. It's not even complicated, mm-hmm. but I don't know why, but it just ties it together, especially with the feeling that Red and Gold is trying to convey. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. I just kind of like every time I hear it, it just makes me kind of like sit back and just like have a smile on my face because like. <laughs> It just belongs. Yeah. I don't know. Like, a lot of times when I hear solos, I'm like, oh, that was neat, cool. <laughs> but, like, it didn't really, like, tie anything together. I feel like this one is almost... It almost communicates something completely different. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of solos convey instrumentalism. Mm-hmm. But this one almost conveys, like, a home feel. Like, hey, this is... This is what it feels like to be warm and to feel welcome and to be tied to something, connected mm-hmm. to something. Yeah. And that's what that solo feels like. And I realized that probably 99% of people <laughs> who hear me say that are going to understand and track with me. Just, 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 okay, listen. <laughs> Some of you might, and I'll totally talk with you about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it's cozy is it was a word definitely that comes to mind with that solo mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm really glad we had some time to talk about this thank you for showing up on an episode if you're ever yeah. willing to jam out and talk again i'm i'm always down um this is a another music episode i had a conversation with a local musician and pastor named will Gaines. um Hopefully you guys enjoyed that if you have already listened to it. 
If not, um, go ahead and give it a listen after listening to this one or before listening to this one. I don't know how you're going to do that if you're hearing this, but we'll figure it out some way. But Ben, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you and I love talking with you, man. Yeah, it was a good chat, man.